okay, you can't call them a rival podcast because they've put out like two episodes. <laughs> I mean, the juicy I'm content sorry, here, but it's Bryce. True. Bryce, is there anything else you'd like to say about JF while we're on the? T- <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure topic. TLB hit is very good. They have produced four episodes. <laughs> It's not nice to dunk this hard. (laughs) Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 72, recorded on March 27th, 2022. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we conduct a live C++ interview, Family Feud style. Are you ready? (laughs) No, I am not ready. All right, episode 72 has begun, and on today's episode Time of ADSP the podcast, to fail Connor's interview question. Bryce is going to answer uh, a C++ interview question that I legitimately, we could call this the in, uh, the Nvidia, the unofficial Nvidia C++ interview question because it's only ever been asked once by me. And it might have been a bad question, but hey, yeah, clickbait, although we, here we, we go. We should, we should clarify, because I just sent an email about this last week asking, asking the teams that I work with to, um, uh, that, that, you know, asking them to not do whiteboard questions anymore. We will record a separate episode to follow this episode up, which is a conversation about uh, the fact that we probably shouldn't do whiteboard questions anymore. So that's, right. uh, if you're thinking, but in, oh but in man, this particular this is the- case. When you use this interview question, you it was for somebody that was a new college grad or intern, and you gave you sort of gave them the option of do you want to just talk about your resume or do you want to do an interview question? Uh, well, no, false. We talked about we talked about just C plus plus stuff, and this this candidate was extremely enthusiastic and passionate. So we just talked about C plus plus stuff, you know, favorite algorithms, projects they'd work on, resume stuff for the first 20, 30 minutes of the interview. And then I switched to a technical question and then gave them the option to either just talk about it. Uh, they had a whiteboard behind them. And I said, or you can whiteboard it if you want, or we can open up a Godbolt if you would prefer to have a compiler. So I have zero preference. I mean, I know I would want Godbolt because I like having a compiler telling me what I'm doing wrong. But like it, it was up to the candidate uh, ah. what they wanted. They chose for screen share and Godbolt. But anyways, so just if you're thinking these questions suck, we shouldn't ask them anymore. We're going to talk about that in a future episode. And my my team doesn't. Con- I mean, Connor's if your team doesn't, team does a different thing. I mean, admittedly, this is my first uh, co-op interview or intern interview, and this is why I wasn't even sure if this was a good question, anyways. So we're going to do this family feud style. Okay. I'm going to ask the question, and we're going to put the top five answers on the board. And uh, the <laughs> five answers are five different algorithms that you can solve this uh, problem with, and. We're going to put what I think is the best at the bottom because it's probably, if you're going the family family feud style, the least people are going to think of it. Come at me if you think that the order of these is wrong, but I'm going to consider like sort of the number one answer on the board is the most naive, uh, sort of easiest way to do it uh, algorithm. And then as you go down to number five, it'll be sort of the best way, in my opinion. So try and guess number one first and then go uh, from there to the bottom, but we'll see what happens. So here is the question. Given, and there's no corner cases, don't think the list is empty, blah, blah, blah. We're just going for the algorithms here. And then we'll talk about the fifth one if we, if we get to it, uh, which we will, because if Bryce doesn't get it, I'll just, I'll just tell you. The question is, given a list of unique numbers, 
or actually doesn't even doesn't even need to be unique. There can be duplicates. Return the top two in whatever form you want, whatever pair, array of length two, vector of length two. And don't worry about corner cases and stuff like that. Like I said, you want the top. So there's five there's five different algorithms that, at least off of the top of my head, I could think to solve. Okay, this well question. let's let's go with sort. <laughs> ding 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 ding. That's answer top answer on the board. I think I'm speaking too loud because I'm, I'm getting a little bit clippy on my end. The number one answer is sort. We've got zero strikes, and uh, that's your fir- one algorithm down, four to go. Let's see. Um... And, like, we could talk about, you know, what to do with each of the algorithms, but I'm going to assume that, uh, you know, the top three or maybe even four are sort of you – can, you can figure out the rest because I really want to talk about the fifth one. Uh, Bryce guessed nth element – Ding, 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 ding. That is the third answer on the board. Um, I mean, obviously there's a reduction, you know, that you can do of this. Is that an algorithm? Um, yeah. There's an algorithm called stud reduce. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I mean, so, technically... So, so, okay, I... l- 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 let, me, <laughs> let me explain why I go there in my mind. Because... Uh, uh, a parallel, you know, max element or min element is implemented through reduction. So me being someone who thinks <laughs> in parallel by default, of course, my mind jumps first to um, uh, to that. And, um, you know, it's pretty easy to write a, a well, okay, it's, it's pretty straightforward to write a um, reduction operation that will give you uh, you know, the maximum in, uh, in the input sequence. But it's also like, it's a pretty simple straight uh, extension of that to just make it give you the, the two maximum, the two largest. In parallel? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I mean, technically, std reduce is not on the board. Uh, well, you're, you're, <laughs> sorry, but you're wrong about that. But let's, Let's assume uh, there is a parallel algorithm on the board, but it's not std reduce. But you're telling me you can do it with std reduce and with like a, a parallel x. Why do you think that this can't be done with std reduce? Can Let's you come back to it after. Af- with std reduce. Yes. Then why could you not implement this with std reduce? What is the return type? The, what is the, the return, return type, type is, of you know, your like that your a, a, a tuple of whatever your of ints. This is integers, right? Perfect. Perfect. So, like, how does that work? What is what is the initial argument to the accumulator that you're passing into std reduce if you're returning a tuple, a two-element tuple? Um, the the initial, it's going to be, like, you know, the, the minimum min value. So, right, like the, the numeric limits, yeah. angle, whatever your type is, yes. colon, colon, min. But so you're initializing both of the two elements in your tuple to be the yes. minimum, the min- min- and then value. how do you how do you implement your lambda so that it works? Because your the type of your list is just an integer, and you now need to be able to go from an integer to a tuple. Um, yeah. So for for each integer, you're gonna see, um, uh, you know, is this you're gonna do the max of that in the first element of the tuple, and you store it. Uh, you store that to so the first element of the tuple. What's the signature of the lambda? The the lambda is gonna take 
you know, tuple event int. And so what's well, the problem with that? Technically, it now? also needs to take int, tuple of int, int, and also tuple of int, int, and tuple of int, int. Uh, okay, okay. Yes. So what, what Bryce is a, has just... So okay, we, we, if we've that done is, like three episodes on this. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that I need to. So uh, we will now put a sixth answer on the board, and stood reduce then is well. Actually, we'll we'll have a discussion, but I'll put it at number five on the board. Is stood reduce? Uh, okay, so, but, but it, I'm I'm certain that it's going to be the fastest way to to solve this. Uh, we'll see. Actually, that's that that's a I'm curious because you'll probably have a better idea than I will. But so the key here is that what Bryce has just explained is that it's not going to be a lambda. It's going to be a function object with overloads for uh, a tuple of two ints and an int two tuples, I, I, I think vice we've versa. Discussed in the past that that there's a missing reduction that we should add, and that if we had that, we would not need to have all of this combination of overloads. But you said stood reduce though. So if you said associative reduce, then that would have been that would have been okay. Fine, uh, the associative reduce. Fine. All right. So that is definitely right, so. Yeah. But then associative reduce is definitely not faster than the number six answer on the board. So to recap, number one uh, is sort. Have number you three. It? <laughs> uh, no, actually, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. But I I, I know right. that I the right. I know that the sixth algorithm doesn't need to be associative. So it it is like the purest of the parallel algorithms but to recap number one sort number three nth element number five stood reduce or associative reduce can you guess number two and four before we go to six and number two and four to give you a hint are not parallel i mean i guess you could have parallel versions but they're in just the, you know the regular c plus plus 11 stood uh, algorithm header can you think of the one that sits between sort and nth element the one that sits between well i mean partition Partition on there? Uh, partition won't work because partition takes a unary predicate. So yeah. you can't really construct a unary predicate that'll return you the top two. Unless if you go ahead and do a reduction in the first place, but then that sort of defeats the purpose. It's a it's a type of sort. Uh, well, oh, no, there's there's partial sort, right? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, but I, so. I like, you said sort, and, and, and I didn't realize that you were, like, asking for um, uh, all of the specific algorithm calls. I assumed that when I, that like, sort, and I assumed that I had that covered. Whatever. All right, partial sort, number two on the board. And I'll give you number four because you basically already said it. It's stood accumulate, which is just the yeah, sequential or, or serial version. One. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so well, can well, you hang think? On, hang on, but, but there's um, uh, there's like there's other algorithms here that you could do. Um, Is there? Well, so you know, it's interesting that you say the like like okay, so so we already have an algorithm that's very similar to this. Which is I know. the max element. Well, so actually, I skipped this, but that was the first question that I asked. Um, in this interview, my first question, and actually, so, so this wait, question okay, okay. is the. So, so is it um is it a um. Is it a list of like is it positive integers? Uh, it can be any type of integers. If it's whatever whatever the integer is, unsigned, signed, uh, it it works yeah. well. But 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 this is very similar. Like 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 the algorithm that you're asking for is very similar to min max element. And that min max element is a single pass version that that tracks two different extremas. That is true, but the 
implementation of min max element, like the details in there are non-trivial. So like bending a reduction to work like that, it's not like a trivial thing. What do you mean they're non-trivial? What do you mean they're non-trivial? And wait, so, so like let's let's just pause though because our listeners, our listener could be a bit confused because I said that it's actually the first question I asked. So we did the 20 minutes of talking about, you know, resume, random stuff, passion for C++. Then my actual question was return from a list of numbers, the smallest and largest. And in my head, I had a backup question because if the candidate said min-max element, like that's 100%. We don't even need to, like if you know the algorithm, you're done the question, which is to answer some people's who asked this question on LeetCode or Reddit, you know, do interviewers care about knowing the algorithms or they're going to ask you to implement it? It's no, like I'm not going to ask you to implement an algorithm that already exists because if you're on the day job, like you're not going to have to program min-max element. Like it's a good exercise to know how to do it, but I would rather have you implement an algorithm that you might actually end up having to write on the day job, not one that you know you won't have to write. So that being said, the second question I asked them is the one that we are uh, talking about right now. And so, yeah, like going from std reduce to min max is non-trivial in my opinion. And we've talked about the, the, the top five. And so for a std reduce, in order to do it in parallel, you have to define a function object with a bunch of overloads, which I think is like that's non-trivial. And you'd have to do the same thing for min max element. But there is an algorithm that you can, a parallel algorithm that you can use where I actually don't know if it would be more efficient than the std reduce with the uh, overloads. My guess is that it would be a tiny bit slower, but I don't know. I'd have to profile it. I actually have no idea. And we're going to talk about that. uh, I'm I'm desperately Googling because I I do not buy your your, uh, claims about the complexity of implementing min-max element. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, in in Thrust, we just do it as as a, um, you know, we just do it with tuples. it's pretty straightforward, I gotta say. I mean, I mean, but that's the thing is min max element is a lot simpler than top two. Like when you do min max, you're literally just doing two reductions at the same time that are orthogonal from each other. Whereas top two, they're not orthogonal. You have like six different cases that you need to check. Is the current element greater than your your biggest element? If yes, then like shift your first one to the second one, replace it with the first one. If it's not. Then you got to check, is it greater than the second one? If so, replace it. And when you're doing it in parallel, it's a lot more complicated. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a lot more complicated. I think that one can write this pretty, pretty neatly. What's the neat way? Is this to reduce? I, I, I'm not going to try to do it live now, but between, but after we're done here, maybe I will. <laughs> I, well, I, so I, 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 I agree that it's like not like you know one or two lines of code, but I still think it's like pretty clean. Like I don't think that this is tricky. Is it with a std reduce though? Yeah, with a std reduce. Okay, well, okay, with a with a std associative reduce. So I agree. Associative reduce, it's easy because you don't need to worry about commutativity and you can just have the tuple, you can have your first, you can have your accumulator as a pair or a two tuple and your second element as an integer. Um, but with std reduce, it's like with an existing, I mean, there is another algorithm that you can do it without creating a function object with a bunch of overloads. But with std reduce, I don't think it's trivial. And the algorithm that I think makes it a lot easier, but I'm not sure if it's faster than the std reduce with the function object with overloads is transform reduce where you transform each of your integers 
to a two-tuple or a pair where the first element... <laughs> this is nonsense. This is nonsense. That's just... What? Like, what you're just describing is the way that you would implement this with Reduce. I said I want to do this with Reduce, and you said you want to do this with Transform Reduce. Well, me doing it with Reduce, like, th those are two equivalent things. Like, I'll just do it with Reduce and just use, like, a, like... Mine, doesn't re transform. mine does not require defining a function object with, like, the uh, function call operator overloaded four different right. times. Ne I can... neither, neither does mine. Whatever your solution is, it boils down to some form of my solution where I just use views transform. Like tra tra transform reduce is to some degree now almost redundant um, uh, in 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 light of the existence of uh, of, of ranges. I mean, we still probably need I mean, it as a customization. I mean, using stood reduce with a a views transform is the same as transform reduce. Right, right. <laughs> I think we're in agreement. You didn't say that though. You you said that you needed operator overloading, which is non-trivial. Yeah, I think if I was writing it down, I would have come to the conclusion that the easiest way to do that would have been with the reduction. <laughs> Don't give me a hard time here, well, with with the with the transform. But 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 like 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 to me, I would just like writing that that operator like in having it like that that is as straightforward to me as writing um, as as having a, a transform operator in there. Really? I'll 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 admit that your way probably is. You know, probably fewer lines of code, but I'm not, I'm not totally sold, convinced by that. I mean, I think the difference between a function object with four overloads and uh, two lambdas in a transform reduce or a views transform with a std reduce, I think, I think the latter is way more ergonomic to write. I think, I think we, I think you and I were saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, like the so the way that that thrust implements it is with a call to reduce with a, a special function object that takes, that operates on, uh, you know, tuples and with a transform iterator um, uh, that converts the, um, the input sequence into these, you know, tuples. So that the reduction operator doesn't have to handle all these cases, which is, I think is yeah. exactly what you just said. Well, I mean that's a third different way of doing it, which is the same idea. They, they'll they will they will lead to the same generated code. I'm not a compiler, so I don't even know if that's true. I, but, I am um, a compiler. I will tell you that these lead to the same code. One's a transform reduce. One's a reduce with a transform, a view transform. And the other one's a std reduce with a transform iterator. I am uninterested in like the specific details of how you write the reduction. Um, the, there's, you know, all forms of writing the reduction to solve this problem are going to be more or less equivalent and importantly have more or less the same performance por um, profile, both in serial and in parallel, especially in comparison to all of the other solutions that we just discussed. I mean, I'm not a experienced enough because, uh, because, because, GPU like, like, programmer to know that that's true. Th there's so there are the sorting based approaches that we talked about, which are obviously you know going to be not great performance wise for solving this. Um, 
in in the in the common case, um, I'm sure there's going to be some some cases like maybe small input size where that is just the fastest thing to do or something. But let's just assume that all of the sorting based things like the nth element, the partial sort, um, uh, and the sort like all of those are going to be slow. Um, and then there is the approach that is to do two reductions, um, uh, to like sort of do this in two passes. There are answers of that category, um, which are probably a little bit cruder, but work. Um, and then there's all of the, like, of uh, the answers that do this in a single reduction pass. And like, that's how I break down, like the answers that you can give to this question and also like the quality of said answers. Because like, like the, the answer that will give you the best performance will be like the answers that give you the single pass reduction. Yeah, I guess it's from like my inexperienced point of view. I don't know that lifting your elements into a tuple in a transform iterator pass or in the transform reduce version or in the views transform version plus a reduce. I don't know if that's like, I think that there's a possibility that's slower than the first version that you said, the stood reduce with a function object with four no, elements. No, I, I don't, because... I, I, I'm, I'm very confident that, um, because you have to understand like how the transform view like works under the hood, um, uh, you know, where, where it's, it's quite similar to like in Thrust, like a transform iterator. Um, and so because of that, like it, under the hood, um, it's, it's the moral equivalent as if you had a really fancy reduction operator that had all these overloads. Because you're not, you're, you keep in mind in a transform reduce, you're not actually doing a transform pass beforehand. You're doing it on the fly. Like every time you evaluate the reduction operation, you do that's when you're doing the transform. It, it's only a pseudo sequence that gets produced. You're not actually producing it and storing it somewhere. Um, and so because of that, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, you can think of that transform as being done as part of that reduction operation. I guess that's the thing is I, I've never done any real profiling of algorithms, but like, or see if my thoughts on this, if they're consistent with yours though, that I agree that like the three different spellings of the transform reduce one where it boils down to some kind of iterator thing are all similar. Um, but the one with the function object with the overloads, my thoughts is like, you're going to have 80% less construction uh, or not 80% less, you will have 80% the amount. So like 20% less of the construction of two tuples or pairs because of, of the fact that some of the, t the times when you're merging, um, you know, the two top things together, it's going to be coming from an int that hasn't been transformed into a two tuple and just goes directly into the two tuple that it's being merged with. The, the Is that, does that not affect perf? The compiler is going to optimize all that away. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Like, like if, if you if you if if you construct a tuple of like two ints from one source int, and then you only ever really use one like like use one of those one of those two elements of the tuple somewhere like the the compile like the tuple does not exist at the like by the time it gets to the compiler middle end or back end, uh, the compiler is just going to optimize all this away. Really? Yeah. Like another data point for you that that will be useful. How how do you think thrusts transform reduce is implemented? 
You just we just already said that or you told me that earlier on the show. Transform iterator and a reduce. Right. So so like we 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 asked for this customization point of transform reduce. Um but it, it we only really needed it because we didn't yet have views transform. Um, like we don't do anything special for for that case. Like we we j- literally just use a transform iterator um, because like that's an abstraction that will just be completely optimized away. So I, I definitely understand that part. The part that I just I I believe you because you definitely know more about this. But it's it is just surprising to me that like in in the version that boils down to a transform iterator plus a std reduce, you are always calling a binary operation that takes yeah. two pairs of two tuples. Yes. Whereas in the v- version with the function overload, you are not always dealing. You've got four different times. The The majority of the time, and definitely basically once every element's been hit once, you're always going to be going to the uh, the two-tuple version. Actually, that might not even be... What, 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 I, what I'm getting at is that, is that I'm fairly confident that with most optimizing compilers with optimiza- optimizations turned on, writing those two forms of the code will give you equivalent code gen. Really? Yeah. Now I'm super curious. Compilers are pretty amazing. Like, I agree, let, but let, like... Let, let, let me put it to you this way. In those, in those two different ways of writing the code, you are doing the same thing and you're taking the same path to get to the result. And I do not believe that there is any observable difference between those two, like those two ways of writing the code. It, if we were talking about non-integer types... You know, like a t- like a type that had like you know stood C out in its constructor. Sure, these two ways of writing the code would be meaningfully d- different. But in this case, we're talking about you know reductions on ints and tuples of ints. And so, like like these the, these two different ways of writing the code will not be meaningfully different, and like will be optimized to the same to the same output code. Now, I, I want to talk about one other <laughs> way of solving this problem that I think might be some people's like first intuition. Um, and that way is to do something like max element, then take it out, and then max element again. Now, this, this is problematic in a few ways. Because one, you could have had multiple... What, what did you do? What do you do if you had two values... Um, that had the same maximum value. Like, what if the, the the highest the there were, you know, the highest value in the the list was five, um, but there were two fives. Well, then it's not sufficient to just get rid, like, just remove at the iterator returned by max element. Um, Wait, is it not? It still work. No, because then you when you run max element the second time, you're going to find the other five. And you wanted to find, you wanted to get rid oh, of no, the it, maximum. It, it was, no, it was. Um, you see, you, well, that, that's why it was interesting that, that you started off by saying unique numbers. And then you said, it doesn't matter whether they're unique or not. I actually posit that it does. Because if, if, if it is, if they are unique numbers, then, you know, the, the, max, the max element, remove whatever that iterator was, max element again is a valid solution. Not the fastest one, but... One of the reasons why I think it's one that people will jump to um, uh, is that it's a solution that does not involve, like, the first thing that, that'll pop into people's minds is, like, sort. 
um, which is obviously going to be quite slow. And then they're like, well, you know, maybe there's a quicker way. And then they'll be happy to find something that's not sort levels of complexity. Um, so like, oh, yeah, like we can just do two, two max element passes. I think it's like a step further to, to, to recognize that you can solve this in the single pass. Well, so uh, the reason I said duplicates don't matter is because in my head, returning the same value would have been fine. If there's if there's duplicates, you can return five five. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but that was a different problem. I did not, than I did not read that be. as being acceptable. Because you you said, uh, you see, yeah, you said given a list of numbers, return the top two, and I think that's an ill formed question. What? Like the top two? What the top two? Like the, the oh, okay, the top it's, two it's elements, not specific enough. The but, top two um, values, yeah, yeah. It it definitely doesn't exclude the possibility of what I meant it to be to be the case, um, but it's not specific enough. Yes, I agree. I and I, I think that there's probably another class of solution here um, where you do something clever with min max element. Um, maybe it's a two pass one two, but this this popped into my mind as well. Uh-huh. Min max element doesn't take an overload though, so yeah, yeah. But you do so, you do something with transform, uh, uh, you know, with transform views. You think? Like, like, or like, 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 let me put it to you this way: If you know, well, well, okay. This is this is obviously not practical, but this is just the thing that jumped to my mind. Like, the, what jumped to my mind is like. Well, min max. Right, so we've element. gone from practical solutions to perverse solutions <laughs> yes. now. Uh, what, 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 how are you bending min max? You know what we're looking for here is a reduction that finds two different, um, uh, uh, you know, two different things by like based upon their uh, value relative to the other elements, and like we already have one of those min max element, um, and so if there was just some way of making the uh, like, like that's why I asked if the, all the numbers were positive. If all the numbers were positive, and there was just some way of inverting all of the top two values to be negative, then you could just do it with min max element. Now, of course, to know, but that would that would require you to know what the uh, uh, what the top two, what the second of the of the top two is. And once if you've already known that, then you might as well just right, do another right. max element. Does that make sense? Yeah, which is why which is why min max element does not there's no there's no useful way to use it here. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see what you're thinking. Yeah, but that would require like an extra pass up front, which yeah, you just said doesn't make sense at that point. I wonder how many people actually are are brave enough to say sort, because I noticed that I of course said it first because I don't have to worry about you, um, uh, so, uh about you. <laughs> judging me for saying the one that's going to be quite slow um but like if in an interview i bet somebody's not going to say sort because like that is the naive solution right because it's not particularly efficient uh when you ask this in an interview do you do you do the family feud thing i assume not (laughs) no no i did that for entertainment purposes although i thought it would have been a curious way to go about it if i was in an interview i probably would have answered it with sort so that then I could get the interviewer to ask me, like, well, could you do better than that? Yeah. 
And uh, well, so so here's the real question: is uh, you know, uh, now that we've been edu- or I've been educated, because I think that's that's the thing is I went in thinking I have a, a transform reduce solution that I coded, because I actually started with std reduce, wrote it up, and then was like, oh no, wait, like I don't have a commutative lambda, and so I was like, oh god, does that mean I need to go do the function object thing? And so then I was like, oh, if I lifted each of the elements into a pair, that'll work. But then that was my thought is like, I actually don't know if that is less efficient um, than the the function object. So our, our resident uh, parallel algorithm expert says it it's basically boils down to the same thing. So now that we have, you know, our six answers on the board, plus also the the two max elements as well. The question is, is, is that a good or bad question for an interview? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit that all of the interview questions that your team or my team have asked, the, or maybe not all, I'll say like 90% of the interview questions that have been asked by your team or my team, not by my team anymore because we're not doing those anymore, but 90% of those questions have been questions that where the answer has either been stood reduce <laughs> or stood atomic. Um, like when I interviewed at NVIDIA, I had eight interview rounds, this is back in 2017. And, um, and all of the interview questions were answered with stood atomic. And it was only after the first four rounds of interviews that I realized that it was all driver engineers who only understood C and who expected me to answer with like volatile loads and stores and didn't, had no idea what I was talking about, but were like, he seems to know. <laughs> what he's talking about. <laughs> um, so like if in the sense that like it falls into the regime of a question that is answered with stood reduce. Um, sure. It's a good question. Like the, the, the I'll, I'll tell you why the questions that are answered with stood reduce are good questions because um, uh, you can usually tell by how people construct the answer to the question whether they are thinking in parallel by default or not. Oh yeah, the, so that but that's the thing is like in in my head, if if I had gotten this question while I was interviewing, which was a couple years ago now, there's no way I would have answered the stood reduce or stood transform reduce. Um, I never would have gotten to that point because at that point I did not understand the uh, requirements on stood. Would you have answered redu- like I accumulate? Yeah, I would have done it yeah. with a stood accumulate and then and then a like so basically the associative right, re- reduced so version. So if somebody it, answers this question with accumulate, then you ask them, okay, well, how do you parallelize it? Well, so and this is where like I'm curious is what level would you expect um, an intern uh, to be able to get up to? Because like I couldn't have gotten to, and I I don't think I was expecting. I think I, I would have been blown well, away if they had gotten to stood reduced. I do not expect interns or anybody who's interviewing to be able to, like, I do not think that, that the answers to technical questions asked in interviews say anything about somebody's performance. So um, for me, like, the way that somebody answers this question is not going to, like, convince me that they shouldn't work at the company. It might so the answer me is that they should, but there's no level. Uh, you, you have no expectation, basically. Um, I just don't think this is a good way to evaluate people. Um, 
I think I think it's a good way to um, like like I, I think if somebody if you have somebody that's an intern or a new college graduate where they 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 have no there's there's nothing on their resume that they can talk to you about they don't have any like projects or like like any way for you to like judge you know like their experience this might be an effective way to determine that they're good but if somebody flubs this question I don't or if somebody flubs any technical interview question I do not think I would hold it against them so it's yeah it's basically what I said yes. <laughs> it's like it's like a non-answer yes. it's a non-answer answer yeah. a b c or d well I think that I don't think this question can really tell us anything it might tell us something <laughs> but it won't tell us the absence of something right. it's like okay I mean I, I I think I think it I think it's a good you know like it's good in that like it it lets you ask many follow-up questions and like it lets you yeah like sh- sure if you're gonna ask a technical question I think it's good um, but we just shouldn't ask those yeah we should focus on well we'll save that to a follow-up episode because yeah Eric Niebler had a tweet that kind of went I actually don't know what like level of virality is like normal and not normal for him but uh, when I saw it I think it had like a triple or quadruple dump uh a a triple or quadruple digit number of likes and like a triple digit number of retweets so i mean from for my level you know where where i'm at on twitter i was like whoa that's uh, that popped off um, but maybe that's just a day in i've gained like 600 twitter followers in the past week or so uh yeah i i have not yeah i have i have a good number more than I have, you know, my my Twitter followers appreciate the APL content, so I have uh, you know that's what's important. Eleven point six k. I'm comfortably ahead of JF now. Like there's there is no there's no world in which JF is going to catch up. Wow. I mean, two k. That's a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous thing to say. I, um, I am confident. I am confident. I mean, there's a lot of you have a lot of decades ahead of you. You don't think there's any any scenario that plays out that he you know no he ends up ahead has jf has kids jf has two children he does not he does not have as much free time to are you not gonna have kids at some point (laughs) like like i'm I'm so confident like i'm not even worried about jf like like listening to this podcast because i know he doesn't have time in his life to be listening to this podcast (laughs) jf buddy if you are listening you should text me and tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> I feel like someone's just going to DM him now and say, "Hey, you should listen to this episode." Right, right. Bryce's... But, but, but that's assuming that he's going to get that he's going to have time to see the DM, and then like that he's going to follow through <laughs> on listening to the episode. That's not going to happen. For for those that haven't been listening since episode zero, just so everyone knows, Bryce is very good friends with JF, and he is a host of a rival podcast. Okay, you can't call them a rival podcast because they've put out like two episodes. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the juicy I'm content sorry, here, but it's Bryce. True. Bryce, is there anything else you'd like to say about JF while we're on the? T- <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure topic. TLB hit is very good. Um, <laughs> they have produced four episodes. <laughs> we how many have we oh. produced? We're, it's not nice to dunk this, is this hard. Seventy two. <laughs> But the, the the two hosts of TLB had have children. God, what are, what are we gonna do when when we have children? 
I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know if, uh, I'm getting old, man. Yeah, we are getting old. We are getting old. So the, yeah. the probability that that's going to end up happening decreases as every day goes by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kinda, on like, that note, you're like thirty. You're like thirty. You still there? I'm. Sh- I'm like. I. I. I hope that we have some. Uh, if you've made it this far in the podcast, we're just really going to open up right now. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and have a great day.